0: Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co founder of emc2learning.com, one of the greatest communities of educators around. I am so excited to dive into today's episode, all about group work in the gamified class. Uh, There are some extra things to think about. Uh, This particular episode, I hope uh, you invite your friends, your family, Who are educators to this? Because this is going to discuss both ideas that are good for the gamified class, but also just good. So let's let's dive in. As always, I would love for you to connect with the show by using the hashtag WellPlayedPodcast and tagging me at Mr. Matera if you're on Twitter, and at Mr. Matera Edu if you're on Instagram. Absolutely love you to join in this conversation what do you do for group work how do you structure your groups these kind of questions these kinds of things and anything you learn from this episode I'd love to hear your thoughts on it okay so let's (laughs) jump over to our episode here and first things first when you're talking about group work in a gamified class balancing the teams are important now something that some of the resources we have on EMC2 that help you do that uh is like one of our gamification control towers for example that one lets you set that you want your teams to have ghost players the the thing sort of calculates that the biggest team has you know 3 more players, 2 more players, 1 more player than this team and it makes a phantom player that's the average of the people on that team this works at the whole class level so if you have like five periods, and you can balance it out that every team has equal number, I'm doing air quotes here, like as if you can see them, equal number of uh, people with those phantom players, but each of those phantom players for those other teams are the average of just that team's player, kind of cool, and you can do it also with guilds or groups with inside any Uh, class that when you're comparing guilds each guild can get a phantom player up to the level of the largest guild and it will be an average of just that specific guild which is really cool to see that phantom player work that way all right now uh you can kind of see that that kind of matters to make the game fair to make it something that everyone i don't know knows and understands and is okay with the fact that there's there's a level of fairness in the game and I think that's why we want to make sure we do that and something that we should kind of be on the lookout for in our classes uh for sure now there's the other version of balanced teams the abilities Now, this one is a little nebulous and hard. you got to think through in your class, what do you ask groups to do? Are groups there to have conversations? Are groups there to do a project? Are groups there to face all sorts of zany challenges as they are in my class? This this is where it is a little harder to balance groups, I'll be honest. Because when you're talking about it being zany activities, well, then... You don't know, <laughs> right? I, it's hard to make balanced teams because I don't know. For example, my Grease unit, I do all sorts of minute to win it challenges. And how do I know who's good at balancing this thing? How, how do I know who's good at jumping so far? I don't know, but I'm trying to make as balanced of teams as I can, but it's a bit of a shot in the dark. So in some respects, balance it out uh, when, when that happens, when you don't know what thing to balance the group out with, balance it out with your own intuition in terms of how this group will function together. What will the group become by working together? What do they have to learn from each other? Uh, And I like thinking of it that way. So it's not just put friends with friends. It's not just intentionally mix up friends so that they're not together. It's what? why did I put this group together? What's the why behind this group? Uh, What role do I see each person in this group playing? Now as you can already probably imagine that's a lot of work that's a lot of effort so maybe you are like what i like i don't want to put that kind of time and effort into my groups all the time cuz Michael I use groups every day and i mix them up blah blah blah, blah. for my mix up groups i don't worry as much about it but these for me are sort of long standing groups something that i'm going to keep for a whole unit two units maybe a whole quarter maybe even a whole semester dare i say uh the longer you keep them in the groups, the more they learn from each other, the more they flex the, the creative muscle and the power and the organization around their group. And that's kind of a cool thing to recognize. And so realize that your groups are going to have that experience and train them for that. Talk about how this is going to be your group for a long time. And so give them opportunities to learn from each other. Give them opportunities to To become better at group work because now they have the runway. They know if they take time today to learn a little bit more about each other and and what makes them effective workers, they're gonna then have a payout because they're gonna be able to work on the next project a little smoother and the next project and the next activity and the next zany thing. Their group is going to know and understand each other. That is what I absolutely love because I find it to be a little more real world real, right? Sorry for the double use of the reel there. That's the best I got early in this morning as I am recording this podcast. All right, now uh, we kind of said a lot there. And some of the other things that I kind of want to touch upon before we kind of wrap up this little micro podcast here is mix or not mix, right? We've touched upon here standing or not. I do both, which leads me to my next topic here having like a, what I call maybe like a home base or a landing zone. This is your group kind of through and throughout. Uh, and then some of my daily activities, I don't care if they mix up different. So, but that doesn't change the group or guild that they're in for the long standing, right there, their, their home base group is going to remain the same for probably a quarter or half the year. And then we'll mix that up and it'll be again, a quarter or half the year. So either I have four groups that are your home base or two groups that are your home base. That's the long-standing stuff. But then, like you're doing a fun little one-day activity that like they need to be in pairs. Don't care, right? Uh, or they need, I need three groups. I do one activity where I only need three, but I typically have four groups and I just count it off. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Those are fine. But it doesn't impact the longer standing ones. I love having the long standing. I really strongly, as you can hear, suggest you. To have those long standing groups. Because it makes quite a big difference. Uh, The last thing I kind of want to talk about. In terms of group work. Is thinking of efficient ways. To quickly get kids into group work. And I think I've figured out. An amazing way to do that. Uh, You set up. A folder. Called shared activities or whatever. And then inside that folder, you make a folder for all your classes. So I have one for period one, period two, period three. Then inside each period, I make four, five, six slideshows, Google slideshows that I name group one, group two, group three. They're just blank slideshows. And then what I do is I set the sharing permission for that folder and I share it with editing rights to everybody in that class. And then in my lesson plan, I have like pre-made the links to that folder, to each folder for each of my houses, each of my classes. And then what I can do is in my lesson plan, which is a website and the kids go to it or your learning management system or whatever, you just paste those links in. You say, hey, in today's activity, we're going to be doing something that involves that, whatever you name those files, right? Our group work, our group activity files and then you list all your classes and they just know to click into, hey, I'm gonna click into period one and I'm group two, click into group two, they're inside a blank Google slideshow in which you can quickly now, the rest of the group can go in there and boom, they're off to the races, right? They can start now working together immediately, straight from your lesson plan. And the cool thing there is, I don't do those things every day, so now I have a day or two or three or five or six to check that work if I want to. And then I don't even delete it. I just leave it there. Then the next time I do that, kids will be like, oh, there's already stuff here. And I just say, delete what's ever there. Delete what's ever there. I've already looked at it. And now, new blank thing for whatever we're working on. These, this is great speed up hack for your teachers uh, that make me actually want to do more group work because it's so easy. So, you know, as you look to do group work in your class, uh, I strongly suggest that you um I don't know, think about setting up this folder structure in your class uh as it as it's so helpful uh and it speeds up that process and allows group work to happen more often, which is probably what we should be doing. Everybody, I'm Michael Matera. So glad to have you on E on this podcast this well played podcast as always please use the hashtag well played podcast and tag me at mr matera i'd love to hear from you love to hear if you are using group work in your class if you have some group work hacks that can help us all out please do i will uh, tweet it retweet it and talk to you all right everybody have a great day and play on